Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Rookie is a free serialized audiobook meant for mature audiences. Written and performed by number one New York Times bestselling novelist, Scott Sigler. For links to order a young adult version of this book without all the cussing, in print, ebook, or audiobook, visit scottsigler.com slash the rookie one word. This podcast contains mature situations, adult language, and lots and lots of violence. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, my little junkie. How are you today? Good news, good news, good news. I finished the editor's draft of Shakedown, book one of the Crypt series, and now I'm on to the military consultant's edits. After that, the all-important continuity edit by Big John Viscara, and then I am done with the final draft. I'm looking forward to sending it off to Athon, the publisher, around October 31st, hopefully not after that. I am pretty pumped to bring this one to you. I really hope you guys are going to dig it. But for now, let's get back into The Rookie. The playoff picture is heating up. The Krakens need to win that divisional title. They're going to enter the playoffs and have a shot at Tier 1. Let me get you caught up on the story so far, and then we're all going to go have a boxing match with a kangaroo. Previously on The Rookie, Quentin and his teammates paid off Don Pine's gambling debt. With Pine still in the hospital, the Krakens try to hold on to second place as they face the big diggers. Quentin gets the start. Can the 4-2 and two Krakens defeat the 2-4 and four big diggers? Find out next on The Rookie, episode number 22. Quentin rolled to the left as the rest of the team moved right. Holcor had held the naked boot in reserve all day, but played that card late in the fourth quarter. The Krakens held on to a slim 20-19 lead, and they needed to put the big diggers away. Surveying his options, Quentin kept the ball on his left hip as he started turning upfield at the diggers' 28. Kidiara Lomax, the diggers' all-pro linebacker, saw the naked boot and gave chase, but he was the only one. Quentin looked downfield. Rick Warburg had blocked down and then bounced left on a 10-yard out pattern, and Denver was angling for the end zone's back left corner, covered closely by the defensive back Arkham. Run or pass? With the speed of a supercomputer, the options flashed through Quentin's brain. He had three or four steps on Lomax. Arkham already had three interceptions on the day and had kept her team in the game by preying on Quentin's passes like a piranha on raw meat. Rick Warburg was open, but he was also a racist fuck. Quentin tucked the ball under his left arm and angled for the sidelines. He sensed everything. The home Kraken's crowd jumping and roaring. The missing patches of Iomat where cleats had torn up the turf. The smell of dirt 
and sweat and blood. Lomax's desperate efforts to cut him off. Warburg's look of fury when he realized that Quentin was not going to throw him the ball. Quentin leaned into the run, his legs chewing up the yards. Lomax was faster than he'd calculated and reached for Quentin just as the young quarterback reached the sidelines and turned upfield. But Warburg was there, coming fast and free, and blindsided Lomax with a devastating, head-snapping hit. Quentin's long, graceful strides belied his speed, and the yard slid by like water on glass. Denver tried to block Arkham, but the cornerback effortlessly shucked the receiver by and came up the sidelines at Quentin. It would be a head-to-head battle. Pick off three of my passes? It's payback time, bitch. Arkham's legs blurred as she kamikazed her way forward. At the 11-yard line, Quentin screamed and lowered his head, smashing into Arkham, more of linebacker delivering a concussive blow than a quarterback scrambling for yards. Arkham was bigger than most Sklorno and faster, and she carried a devastating amount of force. Quentin ran her bitch ass right the fuck over. He stumbled after the hit, legs pumping high to avoid a trip. Arkham crashed to the ground, defeated, crushed. Her raspers reached out at the last second, scraping long strips of skin from the backs of Quentin's hands. The world slammed back to reality as Quentin crossed the goal line trailing a stream of his own blood. He chucked the ball into the stands, then stood with both arms outstretched, redness dripping to stain the eye mat. His tilted head looking at the roaring, adoring crowd. That's right, you do not fuck with Quentin Barnes. An excerpt from the Ionath City Gazette. Headline, Backup Leads Krakens to Fourth Straight Win. It seems that the Pyrrhus Nation finally has an export that interests citizens of the Quith Concordia. That export is Quentin Barnes. The rookie quarterback once again came to the Kraken's rescue, filling in for off-damaged starter Donald Pine, who was out with unspecified injuries. Barnes led the Krakens 5-2 to a 27-19 win over the Big Diggers 2-5, and put on a showcase that combined unstoppable talent, rookie inexperience, and more speed than any human has a right to possess. Barnes threw for 305 yards and two touchdowns, as well as running for 82 yards and adding another touchdown on the ground. This all-pro caliber performance was marred by inconsistent passing. Barnes was 19 for 35, including three interceptions. They, the diggers, threw some coverages at me I hadn't prepared for, said Barnes. Arkham robbed me blind all day long. Arkham, the diggers' crafty veteran cornerbacker, repeatedly disguised her coverage and capitalized on Barnes' inexperience. Arkham notched all three interceptions, but was knocked out of the game late in the fourth quarter with a crushed right thorax and torn upper right tentacle. She will be out for the rest of the season. Week 7 League Roundup, courtesy of Galaxy Sports Network. Woes and misery continue on Wittok, where the Wittok Pioneers, 4-3, dropped their third straight game, this time to the previously winless Sky Demolition, 1-6, on a last-second field goal that gave the Demolition a 21-19 win. Even though starting quarterback Condor Adrian returns to the lineup this week as the Pioneers travel to the Woo Wallcrawlers 2-5, Wittalk is basically out of the running for a division title. The Wallcrawlers notched their second win of the year by topping the 3-4 Quith Survivors by a score of 28-24. to 
The Ionath Krakens, 5-2, made it four in a row, topping the Big Diggers 27-19. Ionath rookie Quentin Barnes showed that the Krakens may be the team to beat in the future, but are they good enough to prevail in this week's showdown against the Glory War Pigs? It's winner-take-all at War Pig Stadium. The Pigs, 6-1, are in sole possession of first place, thanks to this week's 32-10 drubbing of the Sheb Stalkers, 4-3. Orbiting Death 5-2 remain in the running for the title, but need the War Pigs to lose their last two games and the Krakens to lose as well. Death hung a 17-7 defeat on the Grontac Hydras 3-4. Deaths. This week, we mourn the passing of Percy Gaines, tight end for the Woo Wall Crawlers. Died on a clean hit by Toppenaby, the head-hunting defensive back for the Quith Survivors. Week 7 Players of the Week. Offense, Quentin Barnes, quarterback, Ionath Krakens. 19 of 35 for 305 yards, two touchdowns and three interceptions. Also ran for 82 yards on 12 carries and one rushing touchdown. Defense, Arkham, cornerback, big diggers. Eight tackles and three interceptions. Standings heading into week eight. Glory War Pigs, first place, six and one. Ionath Krakens and Orbiting Death tied for second at 5-2. Wittok Pioneers and Sheb Stalkers at 4-3. Grontak Hydras and Quith Survivors at 3-4. Big Diggers and Wu Wall Crawlers at 2-5. And, and the Sky Demolition at 1-6. Barnes, you're playing much better, but you've got to improve your passing. Come on, coach. I was the Offensive Player of the Week. Can you lighten up a little bit? There is no lightheartedness in interceptions. Quentin nodded. Yeah, that throwing for 305 yards and two touchdowns, that's just pathetic. Hokor's fur fluffed, then settled. Sure, those stats are great, but you threw three interceptions. Come on, coach. We won the damn game. Hokor's fur ruffled again, and this time stayed ruffled. The season hangs in the balance this week, Barnes. We win, we take over first place. The Warpigs have the best secondary in the league. They're only allowing 150 passing yards a game. Quentin waved a hand dismissively. Big deal. They haven't faced us yet. We'll light them up, man. Pine's well enough to dress this week. Quentin suddenly sat forward, eyes narrowing. I got us to this position, and you know it. Hokor's eye turned translucent black. You're not in charge here, Barnes. I am. You're starting. You've earned it for this game. But I'm letting you know that if you keep throwing interceptions, I'm going to have to sit you down. I would have pulled you last week, but Itzhak couldn't have done any better. Pine can. Quentin felt his temper boiling up to the top, but he concentrated, holding it in check. I studied my ass off for this game. I worked the holosim over and over. I know those defenders. I just won't throw interceptions. How's that? Ball control. That's what we need. We turn it over against them and we lose. You're doing a great job, Quentin, but you're still a little rough around the edges. Don't take it personally. Oh, I don't, coach. Not at all. He stood and walked out of the office. I'm glad Barnes gets to start. Pine is washed up. You moron! How can you say he's washed up? He's always hurt. He got mugged for crying out loud. Mugged! This wasn't some on-field injury. Well, there was the injury earlier this year. Hey, you don't recover from a broken femur that quick if you're fragile, you know. But he can't win the big games. What? Two Galaxy Bowls aren't big enough for you? That was years ago, Akbar. Ancient history. Well, I can't believe you people. 
Aside from Condor Adrian, Pine is still the best quarterback in Tier 2. But that's Tier 2. The fans are sick of Tier 2, and I'm sick of Tier 2, and so are you. Barnes is the key to Tier 1, like I've been saying all along. He's too young. Too young? Who cares? Look at what he's done so far. His come-from-behind win over the orbiting death kept the Krakens in the playoff hunt. And he dusted the big diggers. Dusted? What game were you watching? The one where he threw two TDs and ran for another, racked up 387 all-purpose yards. Oh, that game. Is that the same game where he threw three interceptions? Why, yes, I think it is. Three interceptions against a mediocre defensive secondary that gives up an average of 280 yards a game. Are you kidding me? When I played the game, all we cared about was the win. Barnes got the win. That's right. He wins games. Well, he's not going to win against the War Pigs. I'll tell you that for free. They've got the best secondary in all of football, not just Tier 2. One could easily argue that the Bartell Waterbugs or the Hole Walkers have the best secondary. Am I in a house of morons here? Am I? Those are Tier 1 teams contending for the championship this year. The best of the best. And the War Pig secondary is right up there. Look at the stats. Left corner Kalong, four interceptions. Safety Wellington, three interceptions and a pair of sacks. Free safety Alamo, two interceptions. And let's not forget right corner Toyanaka, all pro two years running, eight interceptions on the season, averaging more than one a game. Look, Quinn Barnes is the future of this team. I said it before, and I'll say it again. I've been saying it all along. Barnes needs to start. You're crazy and stupid. Pine needs to start this game. Well, we'll see what happens at game time. Caller, thanks for the call. Next, we've got Amos from Jones 2. Hello, Amos. You're on the space. In the climate-ravaged world of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven. Pura is a geoengineered paradise that protects its fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. In a time when the world outside is unsafe, it's vital for Pura's existence that people rally behind the purpose of the city, and Demetria Lopez, head of the city's public relations, tirelessly promotes its idyllic image. But when she stumbles on a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she's willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Ray Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Quentin rubbed the sweat from his eyes. He had never faced a secondary like this one. Arkham had robbed him blind last week, 
but the rest of the secondary had been mortal. The only reason Arkham had intercepted him three times was that he wanted to go after her. He wanted to complete passes to her side of the field. Okor had told him to avoid her, but Quentin hid from no one. You just don't give up a whole side of the field. If he'd have stayed away from Arkham, gone to the easy side of the field, he probably would have come out of the game with no interceptions at all. But the Glory War Pigs were different. There was no easy side of the field. The War Pigs didn't have anyone as good as Arkham, but they had four players who were almost in her ballpark. Four. Every time Quentin dropped back, every receiver seemed covered. And if they looked open, they probably weren't. He'd learned that lesson the hard way, throwing two interceptions in the first quarter, including one that Kelly Wang, the War Pigs corner, took to the house for a 33-yard touchdown. The secondary switch from woman to woman to zone in the same play, zone to woman to woman the next, too deep with zone under the next. The Pigs linebackers were also damn good, covering passes over the middle and in the flats, trying to take away dump passes to the tight ends and the running backs. His arm hadn't done shit for the Krakens. What had worked, however, were two pairs of human feet, his and Mitchell Fayad's. Late in the second quarter, Fayad already had 80 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Quentin had added a rushing touchdown of his own and another 40 rushing yards, mostly from scrambling because there was no one to pass to. Those two touchdowns put 14 points on the board to match the War Pigs' two touchdowns. Second and four on the Kraken's 22. Quentin looked to the sidelines as the Krakens huddled up. Keep it on the ground, Pocor said in his earpiece. 46 sweep right. Quentin breathed a sigh of relief, then felt a wave of anger swarm across his thoughts. What kind of a pussy was he turning into? He'd felt happy because Hokor called a run play? Quentin called the play in the huddle, then walked to the line, marveling at how this defense had taken him right out of his game. Red 21! Red 21! Hut, hut, hut! The ball slapped into his hands. Quentin stepped to his left, planted his left foot, and pivoted all the way around in a smooth motion. Holding the ball in front of him with both hands, he gently flipped it to Fayette, who moved left, five yards back and parallel to the line of scrimmage. Right guard Wena Derrett pulled to lead block, taking a few steps back from the line, then scuttling right, horizontal to the line. The big key lineman got in front of Fayad, leading him to the outside as they both looked to cut upfield. The Warpig's outside linebacker picked up the play and drove straight at Wena. The two collided and Fayad slipped past the block, trying to find open space. Kelly Wang, the Warpig's left cornerback, came up fast, a streaking blur of black jersey with teal numbers and a teal helmet. Fayad tried to cut outside, but Kelly Wang dove and tripped up the running back, taking him down for a four-yard loss. Third down and eight. Quentin's stomach churned with butterflies. He had to piss. Tie game, passing situation. Spread right, 22 post. Look for Kobayashi's outcut. Don't go deep, Quentin. We need to hold on to the ball and play for field position. Quentin watched his team gather in the huddle. He looked back at the Warpigs, who were gathering in their own huddle. Was Kelly Wang limping? Was she hurt? Quentin's mind raced. If she was hurt, he had to go after her. He called the play, and the Krakens lined up for the snap. 
22 post held a couple of options. Haywick on a deep post down the left side, Kobayashi on an outcut, and Scarborough on a flag right, which would put her head-to-head with Kelly Wang deep down the field. Blue 16! Ha-dat! Quentin dropped back, ball held high, eyes watching the entire field at once. The receivers sprinted downfield in that weird real-time slow-motion dance. He saw Kobayashi cut out to the right, where he already had a step in the linebackers. Haywick was covered like stink on shit. Quentin planted and stepped up. At 15 yards, Scarborough broke right on her flag cut, a half step ahead of Kelly Wang. Quentin fired the ball on a rope. The brown missile streaked through the air at 80 miles an hour, so fast that Kelly Wang never had a chance at it. Scarborough turned back. The ball hit her in the chest so hard, it knocked her over. She slid out of bounds 20 yards downfield. First and 10 on the Kraken's 42. Three minutes to play in the first half. Kelly Wang turned and ran back to the huddle. She was limping, just a bit. Her stats flashed through his head. Four-year veteran, played two seasons of Tier 3 ball with the New Orleans Saints of the Earth League. She'd clocked a 3-1-40 in full pads, while Scarborough's best time was 3-2. Kelly Wang could also jump 22 feet into the air and she'd missed two games last season with a fissured left lower leg. The same leg she seemed to be favoring now. Nice pass! Hocor said in his earpiece. Now back to the ground attack. Basic package, sweep, left. Quentin looked to the sidelines. Hocor stood there, clipboard in hand. Pine stood next to him, helmet under his arm like a picture off a Wheaties box. But coach, Kelly Wang looks hurt. Let's go after her. Kelly Wang's hurt? Hokor turned to Pine, who viciously shook his head no. He then said something to Hokor that Quentin couldn't make out. Stick to the ground. Pine says Kelly Wang is faking it. Faking it? Just run the plays I call, Barnes! Quentin jogged back to the huddle, his eye on the play clock. He had to get this playoff in 15 seconds or suffer a delay of game penalty. Faking? What defensive back would fake an injury and allow a 20-yard pass? She wasn't faking. She was hurt. Okay, kiddies, Quentin said to his huddle. Let's get this playoff quick. Y set, roll out left, double post. Scarborough, does Kelly Wang seem a little slow to you? Yes, 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 not as fast as before. Then you bust your little ass downfield, got it? We're going to take the wind out of their sails right now. Quentin broke the huddle and sauntered up behind center. A quick bada-bap on the center's carapace, and he was ready to roll. Red 12! Red 12! The trenches clashed as Quentin, a lefty, dropped back and rolled out to his left, eyes constantly scanning downfield. Haywick looked open for a second, but the free safety came over to help out the right cornerback, taking away that option. Fayad ran a five-yard out pattern, staying in front of Quentin, while Tom Perilous shuffled to his left, looking to block the first defender that broke through the offensive line. The right defensive end slipped past Kelly block, and Perilous undercut the multi-legged key with a nasty head-first dive. The key crumbled clumsily to the ground, leaving Quentin completely free of pressure. Scarborough was already 40 yards downfield, and Kelly Wang was a full step behind. Quentin launched the ball, a deep, arcing, perfect spiral. Quentin stopped and stood still, watching his handiwork. Come on, baby, get there! Suddenly, Kelly Wang's small limp vanished. Her legs moved perfectly. She strode downfield. Her eyes turned back to the ball. 
No, no, no! Kellyuang and Scarborough simultaneously leapt upwards, but Kellyuang leapt higher. She picked the ball out of the air. The two Scorno fell to the ground, just as Quentin dropped to his knees. Fuck, 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 fuck! He leaned forward until his helmet touched the ground. Fuck, fuck, fucker, fuck! Butters! Get your worthless ass off the field now! Quentin stood, ignoring the crowd's boos, and ran off the field. He didn't bother stopping to talk to Hokura. He just ran to the bench and sat. He wasn't going anywhere for the rest of the game, and he knew it. Pine jogged over and sat next to him. Kid, you gotta stop going for the home run on every play. I just fuck off and die. Quentin pulled off his helmet. He wanted to blame Pine, blame anyone for that matter. Goddamn wounded duck shit and he fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. I warned you, kid, but as usual, you just don't listen. Goddamn Scarborough couldn't catch a fucking ball if I shoved it right up her ass. Oh, no, you don't. Don't you go blaming her. You threw to a covered receiver against a defender that has four interceptions this season. Six. That was her second of the day on me. Right, six. I told you all week you can't play the home run ball against the war pigs, so don't you dare blame your teammates for your mistakes. You know, didn't I just tell you to go fuck yourself? No, you told me to fuck off and die. Big difference. Quentin wanted to knock those smiling teeth into a little pile on the ground. When Pine started laughing, Quentin <laughs> wanted to tear his head right off his shoulders. Just take it easy, Q. You bailed me out enough this season. Now let me bail you out for once. Oh, sure. Like you can just go in there and tear up their secondary, Mr. Awesome Don Pine Super Quarterback. Pine nodded. You just watch me, kid. You're playing their game. Now I'm going to make them play mine. In the second half, Pine wasted no time. He opened up with an entire series of X sets, which put four wide receivers on the field. The War Pigs started out in woman to woman. That left the slower free safety covering either Mesquitic or the blindingly fast rookie Denver. Pine showed his repaired legs were as good as new, rolling out to escape inside blitzes and giving Denver more time to make long crossing routes where her superior speed gained her a couple of steps. His first three plays were three completions for seven, 16, and nine yards. He scrambled on the fourth play, a very unpine thing to do, picking up a first down before sliding to the ground to avoid a hit. The home crowd ate it up. After a half of interceptions and incompletions, they screamed their heads off for anything positive. Quentin watched as Haywick drove deep downfield against Toyonaka. The two speedsters, a combined flash of orange and black, white and black and teal, the ball was in the air before Haywick even stopped, and when she turned, it hit her dead in the chest. Toyonaka was clearly faster, but at such speeds, her reaction time wasn't enough to match deadly pinpoint passing on a timed route. Fifteen more yards for the Krakens. Pine ran the same play again for 12 yards. He was merciless. He ran the same play a third time, but pump faked when Toyonaka anticipated the throw. Haywick shot downfield as Pine launched a soft fade pass. Toyonaka tried to catch up, but Haywick brought the ball in as soft as a mother holding her new baby. The crowd roared so loud, Quentin wondered if the anti-radiation dome might collapse on their heads. Horace El-Rahim knocked in the extra point. Krakens 21, Warpigs 21. Quentin shook his head in amazement. 
Toyonaka was an all-pro, and Pine had gone right after her, making her his bitch in just three plays. Jealousy burned in his chest as Pine put the Krakens on the board two of the next three possessions, one a 21-yard field goal by Al Rahim, and the other a lucky break when Kellyuang fell while trying to tackle Denver. Kellyuang's minor stumble turned a short out pattern into a 67-yard touchdown. You only got one chance to tackle Denver. The Warpigs came back, but the Krakens defense showed new energy in the second half. Two fumbles killed critical Warpig drives, and the momentum steadily dripped over to the Kraken side of the field. Fayed broke a long 52-yard run in the fourth quarter, his longest of the season, to put the final nail in the coffin. The clock ticked down to zero. Krakens 38, Warpigs 28. The team ran off the field and into the locker room, the feeling of elation running rampant through their hearts and minds. The Krakens were now in sole possession of first place, one game away from the Tier 2 tournament and a possible Tier 1 berth. You have been listening to The Rookie, book one of the Galactic Football League series. Produced by Ariok Morningstar with post-production by Steve Rickyberg. Written and performed by Scott Sigler. For more information on the author and more free stories, go to scottsigler.com. Theme music is the song The Kids Are Coming For You by the band Superweapon, superweaponband.com. Every five minutes, a transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price, and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another, darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.